Welcome to the Level Up Infection Prevention Podcast with Michelle and India. We are your team with one mission. Creating champions in infection prevention. My name is India Chance, a dental hygienist, a compliance consultant for Learn to Prevent, and an overall infection control nerd. And my name is Michelle Strange, dental hygienist, co-founder of A Tale of Two Hygienists podcast, lover of dentistry and all things infection prevention. Welcome to season one. We're glad you're here. Welcome everyone to episode one of season one. This is exciting. I'm so excited to be doing this with you, India. Me too. I am super excited. Long time coming, I think. (laughs) Seriously. So what we're going to do is we're going to go through all the information that we have now um, that we should have been doing Since 2003, and even with these updates that uh, you and I were just discussing off air from 2016, that way you can be ready to go. Um, And, you know, honestly, what we're trying to do is create champions of infection control, right? Like, so we want to break things down in like little nugget, little bite-sized nuggets for you guys so that you can kind of take that back and um, create a foundation, right? Yeah, I think so. I think sometimes all of this information can be very overwhelming. There's, you know, multiple sources where, you know, uh, standards or mandates or guidelines are, you know, listed. And sometimes it's a little bit tough to interpret everything. And so breaking all of this down, uh, you know, that's the whole purpose of what we're doing. And I'm excited about it because I think that it will be easier for everyone to digest and really be able to implement some of this stuff in the practice if they haven't been doing it already. And this is just a basis, right? Like this is not going to teach you every little thing about infection control, but hopefully either inspire you to go learn more or at least give you the resources where you can go find it. Yeah, exactly. I mean, obviously this isn't going to be, you know, your... CE course for infection control, but it will give you some nuggets, like you said, to kind of enlighten you on some things that maybe you didn't know before. It'll help you kind of strengthen some areas uh, that, you know, are lacking a little bit. And then it's also might be good for, well, I call them toolbox talks, but they could be like your morning huddle or your team meeting where you, you know, you hear an episode and you say, hmm, maybe our team should discuss this a little bit more. And so it'll give you kind of some topics to, you know, talk over with your team. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. And in this first episode, we're going to tackle the ICC, the Infection Control Coordinator, because a lot of people have never even heard that. And to be honest, before we break it down, I also heard Infection Prevention Coordinator, so the IPC. And they are essentially interchangeable, but we are kind of moving away from infection control to infection prevention in a lot of ways, right? Yeah, yeah. The goal is prevention. I mean, as hygienists, we know that, you know, we want to prevent disease from ever, uh, you know, happening. And so, yeah, it's basically the same thing, but we are evolving in the name of this role. We're evolving in the description of what this role does. So while it's been called infection control coordinator for many years, we are transitioning to infection prevention specialist or infection prevention coordinator. You know, really it doesn't matter as long as this role is assigned in the dental practice. I don't think that it really matters what title you actually have. Yeah, if you Mm -hmm. say control or prevention. Yeah. So India, tell us what an ICC or an ICC 
PC is? Like, what is an infection control coordinator? So they are basically assigned to manage your practice's training program as far as infection prevention or infection control. And then also making sure that all of your record keeping, your documentation is maintained. They would make sure that they are communicating to the team if there's any new information that comes out, if there's any new guidelines, any type of information that the team needs to know in order to prevent infection is what they're going to do. And there's a couple of different additional duties as far as observation. You know, they might take some time in their schedule once a month to observe the team and make sure that, you know, all of the infection prevention protocols are being implemented. Let's say there's a new product that came on the market that would increase safety in the practice. So they're going to introduce that to the team. They're going to make sure that it gets put into rotation. If there's any equipment that malfunctions, such as your sterilizer, your autoclave, anything like that, they would take care of, you know, making sure it's maintenance, record keeping on that. Your OSHA binder, that's a big deal in mm. the practice. Every dental practice should have an OSHA binder. So they would be in charge of making sure it's customized according to practice location, anything that needs to be added to the OSHA binder. So there are some things that the infection control coordinator is in charge of that really helps the team to have a safety program implemented in the practice. Hey there, infection preventionists. We are excited to create a digital platform that will elevate the role of the infection control coordinator. Our mission is to create infection prevention champions by elevating that infection control coordinator role. We recognize that providing resources to this role allows individuals to become leaders and contributing members to the dental practice, making safer dental visits. So head over to levelupip.com to sign up for our email list so you can be the first to know when we launch our new program. Don't miss out on the opportunity to level up your infection prevention practices. And the th there's two things that I would like to highlight with that. It's one, ultimately, safe dental visits and practicing good infection prevention and exposure control is the responsibility of the entire team. This is just your leader or your guide that allows you... Because like, okay, I get a new piece of equipment and then who's in charge of like the instructions for use right. and the MSDS and all of the things like now you have that person that is in charge of it. And also, this is not somebody where you just walk into your office and go, mm, India, you want to do that? That exactly. sounds like a good role for you. And then <laughs> yeah. you just label them and you don't give them training and you don't give them any extra time to do this. And if they aren't even interested, that's probably not your ideal person, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, they have to have the attitude that they actually want to do this role, you know. But also, you brought up a good point that it shouldn't be somebody that just starts. I mean, there needs to be some type of training because in addition to all the other duties that I mentioned, this is going to be the person that the team goes to to get questions answered if they want, you know, specific guidelines, if they want them in writing. This person should know where to get that information, whether it's the CDC, mm -hmm. whether it's OSHA, whoever they need to go to. So definitely the infection control coordinator is going to need some type of training. 
I would suggest definitely like some formal training as far as infection prevention, not just the minimum of the credits that you need your, to yes, renew your license. once a year, to, yeah, <laughs> right. every other year right. just for your license. Right. So true. Right. My mentor used to say, don't make your minimums your maximums. So it's like you need mm-hmm. to make sure that they're going above and beyond, you know, the training so that they're equipped to be able to answer these questions, especially this would be the person that you would have in charge if you ever were to have an inspection in the office. This would be mm. your go-to person, the accountability person to really kind of monitor all of that and make sure everything is in order for the inspector. Yeah. And this was really something that came about from the 2016 CDC guidelines, right, for the dental care, healthcare setting, where they said you really need to have this infection control coordinator. And I think the last time OSAP, and big shout out to OSAP, which is OSAP.org. Yes. Um, they have an amazing resources for you. Uh, so it's osap.org. Go check them out. Become a member. Andy and I are both members, and that's where we get all of our information. So they take OSHA and CDC and FDA and WHO and all the different ones, and they kind of put it together for a nice little reference so we're not going all around looking for this content. So osap.org, definitely check them out. So OSAP did a a survey and they found like less than 50% of offices have an ICC or an infection control coordinator, but it's recommended by the CDC. So I think we all need to get on board with that person in your office that could be the champion for infection control. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, like you said, OSAP is definitely a huge resource. I mean, They have everything you need right in one place, which is really nice as an infection control coordinator because that way you don't have to scour the internet to find all of the information. They give team huddle topics. They also have a description of an infection control coordinator and exactly what the duties are, what the responsibilities would be. Uh, They give tips on how to communicate all this information. And they do mention that this has been, you know, recommended by the CDC since 2016. So, uh, yeah, I mean, many offices that I go into, they do not have an infection control coordinator role. There are some that are now starting to come on board. Of course, you have to make sure that there's time that is allotted to handle some of these duties, especially in the beginning, if you're just implementing this role, it might take you a little bit more time, you know, and then once everything gets going, it will be a little bit easier. You're not going to need as many hours during the week to do it, but definitely being sure that this role is implemented because, you know, it just helps the team overall to make sure that the program is running smoothly because, you know, If it's the dentist or nobody's doing it, then everybody's kind of on a different page and everybody's Mm -hmm. doing their own thing. As you know, Michelle, everybody does their own thing, kind of. Mm -hmm. And then I think you've in the past talked about legacy errors. So it's like, yeah, this is how we've always done it. Somebody did it like this before I got here. So I'm just going to do it like that, even though that particular task could have been updated. 10 years ago. Right. I mean, so this is the thing too. And one of those legacy errors and where if you have that infection control coordinator in your practice, let's say, okay, I used to have, and I'm just throwing ones that I know out. I had a mid-mark sterilizer and I always did paper down 
forever because that was in, and I don't know if that's actually the real thing, but you know, cause, cause you gotta go back to those instructions for use right. and they're all right, different. Right. <laughs> so, you know, let's say I was always doing that. Well, now I got a tut hour and I continue that same like paper down in, in the way that I load my chamber into that tut hour using that equipment. And then I train the next person. And then all of a sudden you're like, things aren't drying out or, you know, you maybe you're not passing your challenge test or your biological spore test or, you know, something. And that's probably not because the, it, the actual equipment's gone bad, but that's a human behavior error because we didn't read the instructions for use. And so if your, your infection control coordinator is established, let's say you get that new autoclave and they're in charge of like going through it and then training everyone on the new instructions for that piece of equipment. And then they will be your go-to person. And the reason that you want to have one versus multiple people is for continuity, because then you can make sure that everybody is, you know, you got that one person documenting things. Cause again, too many cooks in the kitchen, right? Like exactly. You need, you need to just have one person that's interested and the personality type of this per, uh, this role, and they actually talk about this, is how, you know, they're willing to learn, they're excited to learn, maybe they're really good at record keeping, which I'm not really good. I love infection control, I, and that's probably my, you know, that's a character flaw or something I can get better at as rec good record keeping, but someone who is like pretty organized and um, excited to create that culture of safety within your practice. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think too, just piggyback on everything that you said, having one person is super important. Again, it goes back to accountability. You as the practice owner find something that's not going according to plan. You need to have that one person that you can go to and say, hey, what's going on with this area? Or if something's brought to your attention by another employee, another team member, you need to be able to go to one person so that mm -hmm. you can kind of figure out what's going on. I mean, in addition to having that one person and, and what you were mentioning about pa your example, paper side down and everything. One of the big things is that when you have, to use your example, when you have, let's say a spore test fail and it ends up being operator error, or maybe it's the equipment malfunction or something like that, you know, you need to be able to have that one person that can say, okay, here's what's going on. That's the person that's going to communicate with the spore testing company. They're going to bring that information back to the team. It could be a malfunction with the equipment. They're going to deliver that information to the team. They're going to coordinate the whole changing out of that piece of equipment. They're also going to coordinate maintenance of all of your equipment because there's a lot of other things that need to happen, oh, not just with so record true. keeping. There's a lot yes. of equipment maintenance that needs to happen on a regular basis. You have to do your dental unit waterline testing. So there's a lot of different things that the infection control coordinator can be in charge of. And having one person in charge definitely brings the continuity uh, to the practice and to the whole safety program as a whole. I totally agree with that. And, you know, the thing to, re to remember is that this isn't just the police officer, like going around writing tickets. Like this right. is the a, a true leader and someone who uh, will be able to hold people accountable, but in a way that's not like bullying or dictating because nobody wants to be like, oh, here comes Michelle again. You can tell me I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> right. It's definitely more of like, OK, I am not wiping these surfaces down properly or I'm not loading the, you know, 
chamber correctly on my sterilizer or I am walking from my room to the instrument reprocessing without putting my stuff in the proper container. And that's just dangerous for everyone. And, you know, and it, I, I got to be honest, it's probably not going to be a super easy job if you have some headstrong people and things like knowing the personalities of your office and how to guide and lead. So it's not just like, are you a nerd that likes to know if this is a guideline or a recommendation or, you know, it's not just that. It's a true leader, leader and champion of the practice. And it, and I, they need your full support. So if you are the dentist owner or the, the office owner or the dentist or whoever is the one that's going to support that person, you need to support that person so that they aren't going like, okay, well, I tell India every time that she needs to do this and she's not listening. And they're like, well, that's your job. Right. No. Like what Michelle says is what needs to happen. I've given her this authority to make sure that we have, you know, the safest dental visit and that we as a team are all safe and you got to support that. Absolutely. And that's why I recommend all my clients that once they choose the person that's going to be in this role based on their personality, based on their work ethic, because all of that's really important, mm-hmm. you know, based on their knowledge and their previous training, I recommend that they make kind of an announcement to the team and they introduce this person and what their new role is going to be. Because what that does is it sends a message to the rest of the team that the practice owner, I am supporting this and this is a team effort and this is who you're going to go to because that helps with the buy-in for the rest of the team. And the whole goal, it's not for the infection control coordinator to be the police officer. That's not the goal of this whole role. The goal is to have accountability, to strengthen your safety program that's already in place. If you have one or if you don't have one, get one implemented. And to really make sure that it's a safe environment for everybody. It's not just about yelling at somebody or, you know, because sometimes I've been in those situations too. Um, they get a little not, power trip. It's, a little it's not about that. No, no, no. <laughs> and it's not about scolding people either or making people feel bad. Uh, you have to be mindful of how you're going to deliver information to the team if you're in this role. Of course, my grandmother used to say you get more with honey than vinegar. So it's how you deliver the information. And it just overall helps to make sure that it's a safe environment, not just for patients. This role is really to make sure that it's a safe environment for us as the dental mm-hmm. care professional, you know. For uh, sure. So, yeah, I mean, I agree with you. And just to kind of like, again, I, I would like to sum up some of the responsibilities with an infection or for, well, that an infection control coordinator will have. Sure. And, you know, again, leadership, you're going to maintain those relevant documents so your exposure prevention, your exposure management, your post-exposure, God forbid something happens and someone gets exposed to something poked, whatever, like you're going to be help maintaining those documents. You're going to go through like your permits and your licenses and all the things that you might need to have, you know, for your particular practice. I think also understanding your state practice act and if it goes with CDC and if they put what? Tell me again if it's CDC recommends it. My state practice act says it's a law. So what happens is if your dental board, your state dental board observes the CDC guidelines. So for instance, if they were to come out and do an inspection and they are observing the CDC guidelines, meaning you can get a violation during the inspection if you're not 
following according to the CDC guidelines, then those are considered law in your state. So you have to follow those. So I'm in Maryland and our dental board, when they do inspections, they actually use the CDC checklist from the CDC website. It is an observation checklist as well as kind of like a record keeping administrative checklist. So they check everything. So that means that the CDC guidelines, we have to adhere to those here in Maryland and they are part of law here. So for us, so, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so that's kind of how that works. Some people, some states, sorry, some states it's written into the dental practice act and then some states it's observed through the state dental board. And so, yeah, you have to follow those. They're not recommendations. The states Mm -hmm. where that doesn't happen, they are just recommendations. That's what it is. It's just a recommendation. Silliness, but moving on. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Because I think it should be Every state yeah, it should, should be have. across the board, yeah, 100%. Exactly. exactly. But you're also going to provide the infection control training for your team. So I think that that's somebody that really has to have a good grasp on this and is a good teacher and could guide and you know observe, but also gently correct and explain the things and the reasons that we are doing infection control and prevention. You're going to monitor the compliance. You're going to do that annual training with your team. You're going to make sure that you have all your employees immunizations. And if they declined it, you've got to keep all that paperwork together. And um, you're just really going to be a resource for your team and truly just establish that culture of safety. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And then there might be some times where if you can't provide the training, you have a good resource to provide the training. So somebody who's right. you know authorized and trained and certified or whatever infection control and workplace safety, you can certainly get someone to come in that can be able to answer all the questions and address some of the issues. I mean, that's what I do for a lot of my um, clients. And then there are some clients that I have where I'm kind of just a support system to them. I don't actually do their training for them because their infection control coordinator is able to handle that. So it just depends on what the dynamic is and what the situation is. The other big thing that I would say that the infection control coordinator definitely needs to be mindful of is they need to serve as the positive role for safety in the practice. So they need to be the example. So If you're noticing that you're not getting a lot of buy-in or anything like that, you need to be the change that you want to see. So you have to make sure that you are adhering to everything that you are asking the team to adhere to. Mm -hmm. It's not do as I say, not as I do. You have to actually be performing those safety protocols, implementing safety procedures and all of that throughout your day as well. Because a lot of times when you show the example, you'll get a lot more buy-in, you'll get a lot more people to follow kind of the the path or the protocol that you want. And so you'll definitely begin to see compliance increase. So you don't, you have to be that person that's going to be that positive role for safety in your practice. 100%. And if you guys want to know more about this, they have at OSAP.org kind of a breakdown of that infection control coordinator and you know, they are also a great resource for you to go and take maybe their boot camps or their annual conference. I would encourage you to just kind of really beef up all of your infection control courses and read anything that you can on and, and but don't overwhelm yourself, right? Like 
maybe because right. well i'm a newbie to this i've other than me just being a complete maniac in my own practice about how <laughs> clean things are i've actually you know been taking these courses and getting my credentials and credit right for infection control and it's it's overwhelming there's a lot to know there really is and i would also like to say like just uh, let's say like you're an infection control coordinator in one office and now you've switched. You're going to have to change a lot of things or you can't just like, I can't be like, India, let me borrow your standard operating procedures for your, because it's going to be very personal to your practice yeah, and very unique because mm-hmm. you have different equipment and different types of people and you might be endo versus perio versus implant. Like there's a lot of different things. So, I mean, maybe there's a lot of similarities, you know, like I clean and disinfect in my office exactly. <laughs> like that's what i might do but you know the next office might have a one-step little uh, program where right. for environmental and we'll get into environmental infection control but just know that you can't like borrow people's and uh use no. the same no. kind of like standards <laughs> for each office and i would even say would you agree like if a dso let's say or even a dentist that has multiple practices mm-hmm. like they're each going to have to have their very own unique protocols and standards for that particular office. Yes, I agree with that. I have some clients that have multiple locations. They're not DSO, but they have multiple locations and each practice is different. One based on the physical location to the actual geographic area. It's going to, you have different team members that work at different locations. There's different personalities. Like you said, there's different, it's just a different culture in each office Mm-hmm. A lot of the OSHA binder has to be customized according to the physical location of the practice. So there's a lot of things. It's not a cookie cutter type of situation across the board. So definitely, if you are moving from one office to the next, you have to kind of assess the situation, assess the office and customize. Some things can be across the board. Obviously, we have mm-hmm. to wear masks and gloves and, you know, all of that. And that's across the board. And, and sharps containers, like that. yeah. Right. But there's going to yeah. be other things and how you deliver the information and where you keep this information and how you're doing the record keeping. There's going to be different equipment, like you said. So, yeah, it's not just cookie cutter. You have to kind of get in there, feel out the situation, and then begin to implement. And then the one thing that you said about OSAP, which is really great, is they have a lot of information. But yes, it can be overwhelming. And this takes time. I didn't learn everything overnight. This takes time. Don't beat yourself up about it. And kind of just be patient with yourself in the learning process because there is a learning curve. It is a lot of information to learn. (laughs) But once you get into it, you kind of start to get just the same questions all the time. So you'll, you'll know the answers and you'll know the resources and you'll know where you need to go to get the information for your team. So, India, I think we summed up infection control coordinator. And again, there's still so much to learn. And you can go to that OSAP, like we've been saying, OSAP.org, learn more. But this, I think, is good for our episode one in the books for our little podcast we have going on here. We're Mm -hmm. excited for you guys to join us in episode two, where you're going to tackle PPE or personal protective equipment. So we'll see you in episode two. Stay tuned. Bye. 
Thanks for listening, everyone. You can find India at learn2prevent.com. You can find Michelle at a tale of two hygienist with an S at the end.com. And stay tuned for our website, levelupip.com, where we will be elevating the role of the infection control coordinator. Thanks for listening to the Level Up Infection Prevention Podcast.